This podcast may contain explicit language. Welcome to the Dynasty Download, the show where we prove Dynasty League fantasy is the best form there is. I'm Tom Duncan. Co-host, Ethan Hamilton. And tonight we are previewing week one of the NFL Slate 2021. We got here. All right, but first, a few housekeeping notes. If you would like to contact the show or have a question for us, please write us at dynastydownload10 at gmail.com. If you'd like to be on our mailing list this year or going forward, please send us a note there. If you'd like to sign up for our mailing list, you will get a copy of my full 2021 Rookie Dynasty rankings, my preseason top 100 overall, and my position-by-position rankings that won't be up on the website. I will be sending those out to those that have subscribed tonight as we put this episode up. Also, you can now follow us on Twitter at DYDownload2020, and you can now find every episode of the show on dynasty-download.captivate.fm. And finally, please follow, rate, and review the show so that more people can discover that Dynasty Fantasy is the best form there is. All right. Let's get into our first preview of the season. It's the time where hope springs eternal and everyone still thinks they're a contender. Yes, we're looking at you, Ed. No, I'm just teasing you. What are you looking forward to this year, my friend? I am just looking forward to a full season of football. Um, Hopefully it's a little more, not that last year was, actually last year was kind of a cluster. Um, So hopefully it just comes together a little bit better, but I'm just happy football's back. The little lull between our championship bucks and then, getting to see our Packers. Um, the Brewers are doing well. I'm just not much of a baseball guy, so I'm just happy uh, football's back. And for that matter, every game that you've attended in person, they seem to lose by big scores. So I think you need oh, to get the Brewers? ruled out. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Not going back to another game this year, I don't think. Yeah, I, I don't think we can afford it. <laughs> that being said, let's get to the news, uh, not waste any time. First off, biggest news point that we have, the NFL is back. Oh, it's like a national holiday. I know that like college was last weekend and there's some excitement and things are going on, but there were only a handful of really important games that I really felt compelled to watch. And there were some decent plays, but it still felt stunted compared to week one of the NFL. And we're currently recording this while the first game is actually going on. We're a few minutes into the first uh, couple of drives. I think for the most part, the, uh, Buccaneers went three and out and Dallas already went on a small drive, but ended up punting. So we've had some exchanges here, not some great football, trying to work out the kinks that nobody did in the preseason because nobody played in the preseason. Unfortunately, today is also marked by another significant injury. Gus Edwards is likely out for the season. We don't know that for certain, but we're going to act as if he has, because we already confirmed that Marcus Peters has an ACL tear And the Ravens also felt that Gus Edwards did on back-to-back plays and practice today. So with already Justice Hill being out for the season with an Achilles injury, we have J.K. Dobbins tearing up his entire knee in in the preseason. And now Gus Edwards, the Ravens are down their top three backs from last season. What would you say this running back room situation looks like? There are a couple of names that are floating out there, but who do you think is going to be the beneficiary of all these open touches? 
Well, as of right now, I would have to say that Tyson Williams is going to be the one that's going to be the immediate benefactor. He's been in camp the longest. Uh, He knows the playbook the most. So at least for week one, he's going to be the guy. But they did bring in Le'Veon Bell, and they did bring in Devontae Freeman as well. Those are really big names, but you got to think that they're past their prime, right? Le'Veon Bell doesn't really scare me all all that much. I guess I say that as a Tyson Williams owner. I do think that he could be a James Robinson type of player this year, Tyson Williams. Um, so we'll see. But a lot of worn players that are there, I think it's kind of going to be a carousel of a, of a backfield this year. Yeah, the way things have shaped out, you definitely could see somebody emerging as a James Robinson type that's just completely out of nowhere and ends up having a huge season because we still feel this is going to be a productive offense and they run the ball more than anybody else. So you don't have to catch a lot of passes to be at least a viable starter in this offense and maybe even a flex play. It's trying to determine who exactly that's going to be is the issue. And I'm a bit at a loss right now. I think there were only two running backs on the roster going into today. Obviously, if Gus Edwards is out and they have to put him on the IR, I think they'll sign Le'Veon Bell from the practice squad. They had Devontae Freeman in for a workout. I know you personally picked up Uh, Latavius Murray, who is a guy that is out on the free agent market after being cut by New Orleans this week due to mostly contract issues, not necessarily play. He was owed a lot of money in New Orleans, like a lot of teams, is going to have some cap casualty issues as we kind of go along and considerations even into next season. The point being that you, you could have a complete dark horse come out of nowhere and end up in a situation where they're uh, fantasy viable. I've heard that possibly the Ravens are looking at trading for a very good backup that somebody else has on their team. I know that uh, there were floated some of the top backups in the league. You talk about a Alexander Madison, a Tony Pollard. I'm trying to think of some other great ones, but kind of in the way that the Rams acquired Sony Michelle to kind of back up Darrell Henderson, at least we feel for right now. And that could change the overall situation in Baltimore. I don't know if we're going to have clarity, even through Monday night's game where they're playing the Las Vegas Raiders. I think that that could be an outlier by the time we get to next week. So this is going to be a developing and ongoing situation because it's very rare that you lose your starting running back for the season before the season even starts. It's incredibly rare to have two of them do that to you. So the other one, we'll just give you a couple of quick injury updates. For the most part, I've seen most of the big fantasy players are going to play, but uh, two of the guys that had some big question marks that we've been talking about for the last couple of weeks, Saquon Barkley looks like he's going to play, but he's probably going to be limited against Denver defense. If you drafted him, you're likely that you're going to have to start him, but You know, we don't know what his effectiveness rate is going to be against a very tough Denver defense. And the other one being DeAndre Swift, who apparently is back and practicing and probably will play against the 49ers over the weekend. But we don't know where that's going to end up as far as uh, what the split is going to be between somebody else that they all like from the offseason and paid very well, Jamal Williams. Yeah, it'll be really interesting to see moving forward. DeAndre Swift has kind of been a guy that we've heard a lot about all offseason long, right? He's hurt. He's healthy. He's this. He's that. Is he going to be the full-time guy? Is he not going to be? He's somebody I'm really interested to see what he actually adds up to this year because I'm pretty sure last year I was super confident that he was my running back one coming out, I thought. I don't remember. That was so long ago. But I knew I was really high on him. 
All right, so then let's move to our game of the week. First one up that I had, just looking at the matchups, I think this is a potentially underrated game because it's two teams that I have picked, and I know I'm burying my lead a little bit or stealing my lightning from further on into the show, but uh, I have the Browns and the Chiefs playing in Arrowhead this Sunday. I think that's going to be one of the best games of the weekend. Uh, For me, I'm going with the one that's happening straight up tonight. Uh, I'm going to go with the Cowboys and the Buccaneers. I hear where you're going with Browns and Chiefs. Those are two teams that are supposed to finish pretty high up in the AFC. Uh, For me, I want to see what Dak does this year. I want to see with the Buccaneers if they're going to be the team that can repeat. The Cowboys, they rebuilt their defense. Um, A full year of Dak with Mike McCarthy, with Zeke in that offense. Um, this is a kind of the game and the first game of the season. This is a game I'm looking forward to. I think it could be high scoring, even though we think that the Buccaneers defense is really good. Most of what they're able to do is stopping the run more than anything else. And so that really makes the team one dimensional. It doesn't bode well for maybe Zeke's fantasy numbers, especially with Zach Martin missing the game tonight. But if you get into a shootout where Tom Brady is against Dak throwing the ball up and down the field, that could be very well exciting. Upset of the week, the one that I have on my radar, oddly enough, I wouldn't even say that Tua's much of a newer starter. I mean, he did start some games last year, but it kind of almost feels like he's a rookie because he kept getting in and out with Ryan Fitzpatrick last year, going against the brand new rookie starter, Mac Jones. The Patriots are currently favored by two and a half, I think at home. I will take the Dolphins to actually win that game against Mac Jones in his first start because it's a rookie making his first start and you've got a lot of pressure and expectations. And I know he's done well in the preseason, but give me a tested Dolphins defense and uh, a guy who knows how to coach against Bill Belichick, Brian Flores. Chris Godwin with the touchdown, by the way. So my fantasy team is happy. I can most definitely see that. The Dolphins are one of those teams that is, are they going to take the next step? You know, you've said it a million times. You think he's the perfect coach for that team. We also know the Patriots aren't as good as they used to be, but that's still that's still the New England Patriots, right? Still, when you're talking about playing them, it's like these are the guys. Like they've won more Super Bowls, all this other nonsense in recent history. You still get up for games like that, no matter how good they are, because they're still the New England Patriots. So, 100%, I agree with you on that one. For me, I think that the Bengals are going to beat Minnesota at home. I'm excited to see Joe Burrow back. I'm excited to see Joe Mixon back. I'm excited to see T. Higgins with Jamar Chase. Hopefully he gets those yips out because he has not had a very good preseason. I also don't think the Vikings are all as good as people want them to be this year. I think they're getting older on the offense and defensive side of the ball. I'm going Bengals over Vikings. I think this has the potential to be another one of these huge shootouts over the weekend. I know that some fantasy experts really believe that the Vikings are going to turn the corner on their defense between some of the guys that opted out as well as they got some different corners to come in this year. But I I don't know. I don't think Patrick Peterson is a huge upgrade over some of the other guys that they were using due to his age. And if they're looking to play a lot of zone, maybe that does help in their back end. But they, as you mentioned, they've got a lot of older guys. They re-signed Everson Griffin, who's I think 33, to be one of their premier pass rushers. So it just doesn't spell to me that they're really all that different. I think they'll be better because Mike Zimmer is a hell of a defensive coach, and it was really kind of unusual to see the Vikings be that bad on defense last season. But 
how much difference will judge how their season goes. And I think we'll get a telling sign in this first game. I am curious to see Joe Burrow as well, just because, you know, with the knee, I I'm curious to see all of the injured guys that were out for significant time last year and to see what they're capable of, how they come back from injuries. It's, it's a very curious thing. It's not just Joe Burrow. It's Dak. It's uh, Saquon. It's uh, you name the guy that was injured last year and Odell Beckham jr. I'd love to see. And uh, Cortland Sutton, any of these guys just see how they resurrect their careers coming forward this year. All right. So let's move then to start sit for the week. I have a list of players. I think about 10, maybe 12 names here that are kind of close. The first name up on my list was a guy I was actually debating whether or not in my redraft league to start today, because I thought this might be a high scoring game. Dallas's defense isn't great, but Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown is somebody you start. I did not start him, but I have pretty decent depth on my team. But I feel like if you have him, he's somebody you start. Last year when he finally got back and was playing consistently with Chris Godwin and Mike Evans, he led in targets. He led in receptions. He's a guy that Tom Brady has always wanted to play with, and now he's here. They say he's quicker just like last or this year than he was last year, kind of like he was a couple of years ago. I think he's going to be a target machine. We'll see what he turns those into. I know he's older, but Antonio Brown, he's still that guy. I still think he's very good, very good football talent. I think he's a very polarizing figure because some people are just out on him for all the stuff that went down in between him being one of the best receivers in the history of football and now. But if Tom Brady can get the best out of him, there's no telling what we may see this year. And he may be one of the most underrated picks that we had in most redraft leagues this year. My issue was, is especially with where you drafted him in my particular case, I had Keenan Allen, Calvin Ridley, and for my flex spots, T Higgins and Mike Davis. I was just trying to find a good spot where to put him. And I, I just had a lot of other guys that I liked the matchups, especially in a week one scenario. But I think there will be times during the course of the year that you're going to start Antonio Brown over some of those other guys, just depending on what the matchups are going to be. Well, there's going to be weeks where Chris Godwin is out and where Mike Evans is out too. So he's going to have opportunities to play big minutes. Let's see if we can fire through a few more of these. Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase, I like um, him as a prospect. He hasn't had a great preseason, but he's still a rookie, and I don't really like starting rookie wide receivers out right away until I see what they're kind of capable of. Agreed. Nothing to add. Jerry Judy versus the Giants. Oh, man. Beautiful route runner, right? That's just Teddy Bridgewater. That's my only thing. I have a little bit of a concern in the matchup. We also haven't seen them work together yet. I think Judy's going to operate a lot out of the slot, especially in these games where he's not going to have to work against a James Bradbury on the outside. And that gives me a little bit of hope that he could have a decent game, especially because I think Denver's going to win that game. But I don't know what his fantasy value is going to be compared to, to some other people. I don't know if you can really have a viable option over him, depending on where you drafted him, because you likely took him in like the sixth, seventh round. He might be your wide receiver too. It just depends on who's on your bench, but I'm a little bit worried about him going into this week. Odell Beckham Jr. and or Kareem Hunt versus Kansas City. Man, I really wish that OBJ is healthy. Like, I just want him to have a really, really great healthy year. But Kareem Hunt, for sure, he's somebody that I feel that you start because they work. he worked really well with Nick Chubb, but I guess I need to see more out of OBJ before I can say, yeah, he's a for sure starter. 
I think that Kansas City is probably going to put up a bunch of points in this game being at home. It's going to be week one. So give me a back who is the primary ball catcher in Kareem Hunt. I do like the start as a flex play, but Odell Beckham Jr., this is kind of a wait and see thing. I'd love to start him. I almost started him in our Dynasty League this week. My concern is, is how healthy is his knee going to be? given that he got injured, I think, in what, week six last year, and you really need about 12 months before you're completely healthy and back. So I'd like to see it first before I put him back in my lineup, but I do think this is a good matchup for him, and realistically, at any point in these first several games, he could have a huge breakout because I think that Cleveland's passing game is going to be that much better this year. All right, uh, Tampa Bay running backs versus Dallas. Do you have any clue on which one to start? No, you think Leonard Fournette is going to get most of the goal line work. So if you're looking for touchdowns, I'd go with Fournette. Yeah, I I think, what was it? Gio Bernard had some type of injury recently. I can't remember what it was, and I can't remember what the length was going to be. I would probably say that you're likely between Ronald Jones and Fournette, but who knows? It's a coin flip on which one of them is going to be more productive. I think Fournette is the better pass catcher, but Ronald Jones is the salt away guy like we saw for much of last season, especially in the second half. If Tampa Bay gets up big early, I would expect to see a lot more Ronald Jones, especially in the second half of that game. Michael Gallup. I do think that Michael Gallup can be productive in this offense. They are going to throw the ball a lot. Dak likes to spread the ball around, especially if he was doing what he was doing at the beginning of last year. I do think that he can be fantasy relevant, but I think it's going to depend on matchups a little bit as well. Well, I think he has the benefit, like every one of the Cowboys wide receivers, that he can be a game changer because they have so much depth at that position. All three of them could be number ones or number twos for just about any other team. It's the fact that they've got all three of them on the same team and you're going to have to pick your poison over which one you're going to cover more than any other. I don't know if I'd start him necessarily in this game, other than the fact that, you know, Dallas is going to have to throw the ball a ton. So we'll see, but likely where you drafted him, you're probably starting other people this week. Would you rather start Trey Sermon or Raheem Mostert this week against Detroit? That one's tough. You know, most of these I've been firing through, but that one's tough just because I don't know what the 49ers are going to do. I don't think you know what the 49ers are going to do. I don't think what the beat writers in San Francisco know what the 49ers are going to do. I think the only ones that know is Kyle Shanahan. I don't even think some of the assistant coaches know kind of what the hell is going to be going on in there as well. So I don't know. I need to see more from the 49ers. I would definitely say that because it's week one and Raheem Mostert seems to be relatively healthy, that you're likely to see him more than any other back, but it's a wait and see approach. This is a great matchup out the gate. So I think Raheem Mostert's worthy of a start over Trey Sermon, but would I be surprised if Trey Sermon ends up having a bigger game? No. So it's kind of a risk, but I would probably start Mostert until he breaks down because I think that's what everybody's assumption is going to work off of this year. Also from the other side of this game, Jamal Williams or DeAndre Swift versus San Francisco. I've seen Jamal Williams. I know what he is at his best. He's a backup running back, a very good backup running back, somebody that can change the pace. But at the end of the day, he's still just a backup running back. I'm going to go DeAndre Swift. I like the upside. I'm going to go Swift. I think Swift might be on a pitch count. If I had to start Either of them, just because of the comments that Dan Campbell has made in the last couple of weeks, I'll probably go actually Jamal Williams, just because I think he'll have more play. And he's also a very good receiving back. Not that Swift isn't. I think he also is. 
I just think that there's more opportunity and more potential volume for Jamal Williams, particularly given that I think that the 49ers are going to be up big in this game. And so the Lions are going to be playing from behind, probably have to check down the ball a lot. I think he could end up getting a sneaky good game just based on a lot of underneath catches that really don't go anywhere, but you get extra PPR value out of it. Uh, Javante Williams or Melvin Gordon this week against the Giants? I'm going to go Melvin Gordon for the same reasons you said for Detroit. Javante Williams is still a rookie. Melvin Gordon has been there. He's done that. So as of right now for week one, I'm going Melvin Gordon. I would agree that it's pretty much similar to the San Francisco situation. A rookie with high upside that we think will eventually start, but hasn't gotten the call quite yet, at least that we know of. So let's go with uh, the tried and true until such time as we know for sure that it's going to be Williams. I wouldn't be putting Williams into my lineup, but I would be very curious to watch this game. Philip Lindsay versus Jacksonville. Hopefully for Philip Lindsay's sake and for Baltimore's sake, Baltimore can make that happen and get him out of Houston. But as of right now, I, I don't really think I'm starting anyone on the Texans. I know somebody's got to score points. Somebody's got to get the ball and everything like that. I like fantasy players that are on pretty decent teams. Yeah, I think that uh, he could be a sneaky play this week because I think he's going to get the primary work in this offense. It's a good matchup. I don't think he's going to be an every week starter, but he could be a potential flex play that is kind of under the radar and maybe a decent DFS pick. So just be on the radar for that one. A.J. Dillon versus New Orleans. You know, I think he could have a – not a couple, but I think he could have a touchdown. So it'll be interesting to see, I guess. Is he going to have the Jamal Williams role, or is he going to have a bigger role than Jamal Williams had and Aaron Jones's role is kind of going to be dialed back? It's either got to be one of those two. So it'll be interesting to see, but I'm not ready to start him yet. I would guess that he's going to fill in where Jamal Williams left off. I don't know if he's as prominent in the passing game as Jamal Williams was because he was a much better receiving back than A.J. Dillon is. He's not bad, but he's not, you know, Jamal Williams, Aaron Jones. But the Packers have shown a willingness to want to keep uh, Aaron Jones fresh for the playoffs, and especially because they expect to be a playoff team. I would guess that they're going to try and do the same thing yet again. So ultimately I would uh, fantasize that AJ Dillon's going to get a lot of work, but is it going to be the primary work? And is he going to be the goal line back? I don't know. I'd like to see it first. New Orleans is a very tough rushing defense. So I would definitely sit him this week, but he is an intriguing guy. Final one I had on my list, Kenny Galladay versus Denver. Someone's got to catch the ball and, in New York, right? So I guess I'd go start Kenny Galladay, but I don't feel great about it. I would think this is a straight sit for me. He's been injured most of the preseason. He's developed no uh, chemistry at all with Daniel Jones. He has no anticipation. He is a guy that I don't think is relied upon. I stayed as far away from him in every draft I could, and I don't think it's a great matchup. I think Denver has a really good defense. I, I expect him to have a really subpar fantasy day and you're looking for him maybe to have some good games against uh, some of the bottom feeding teams that have bad defenses eventually like the Eagles or maybe the Cowboys later on in the year that you could be potentially feasting against when he's healthier but I, I just don't like him in this matchup and I don't like him right away coming off of some of those injuries that have been nagging him for weeks. All right, let's go to underrated studs of the week. Guys going outside the top 10 that we think we will finish, or excuse me, that we think will finish in the top 10. First one up for me, quarterback. 
I have Kirk Cousins against Cincinnati. Again, I think this is a high-scoring game. I think this could be a potential shootout, and he is a, a guy I have my eye on for this one because, realistically, it's going to be the Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen show for most of the game. Delvin Cook sprinkled in in the passing game. And if they've got to keep pace because uh, Cincinnati comes out and hits them in the mouth, uh, if that defense hasn't improved, they're going to have to put up points. I think this is a sneaky play. Kirk Cousins for me. I'm going to go Justin Herbert against the football team, the Washington football team. I do not think they're going to be able to run the ball effectively. I think it's just going to come down to him having to make plays. I think he had a very good year last year, and I think he's going to build on it again this year as well. Uh, So I'm going to go Justin Herbert. All right. My next one up then, uh, running back, I have CEH versus Cleveland. I know that he turned his ankle a couple of weeks ago, but again, I think this is going to be a high-scoring game. I think that Kansas City wants to prove that he is a viable back in this league. I think they're going to give him a lot of opportunities as long as he's healthy. He's going to get the goal line work again with that revamped offensive line, and I think he gets more passing game work this year. Give me CEH versus Cleveland. Not bad, not bad. I'm going to go Chris Carson versus the Colts. I just, I think he's going to be a sneaky, yeah, I know you're happy. I think he's going to be a sneaky, seeky, good play this year. I think he's going to have a lot. I think he's going to be on a lot of championship winning teams. He's been very, very effective every year he's played. It's just injuries that's really has hindered him. So hopefully he stays healthy this year. I'm going to go Chris Carson versus Colts. Interesting fact, he's played more games in the last three seasons than Delvin Cook. Interesting. I just feel like he's always on the injury report. I know. Everybody thinks that he's always hurt and injured and missing games. He plays through a lot of shit. All right. Uh, yeah, but he's always hurt, I guess is my point. He's always dinged up dealing with something. Wide receiver. I almost went Antonio Brown, but I, I fought against it, and I went with a similar player on his own team. I went with Mike Evans. Uh, I think Mike Evans might have a good game today, although so far it looks like the Godwin no and catches, Antonio right? Brown show. Yeah, yeah, I don't think he's got a catch yet. Well, and for that matter, there were weeks where Mike Evans just completely got lost, but I think Tom Brady will spread the ball around and that eventually he'll get his touches, especially in the red zone. And with a game that's going to be potentially high scoring like this, give me as many guys from this game as I could potentially get. I'll go with Mike Evans as a surprise to crack the top 10 this week. I'm taking another Seahawk. I am going to take Tyler Lockett. I guess the biggest thing for me is he's healthy, right? He's healthy right now. They're obviously going to be focusing most of their effort, the Colts on DK Metcalf, at least Tyler Lockett. We know Russell Wilson is a great quarterback, but for me, he's healthy. And when Tyler Lockett is healthy, he's a target machine, a reception machine, and he can score a lot of touchdowns. So I'm going Tyler Lockett. Doesn't worry you that uh, we're not in the let Russ cook phase like we were to start last season? <laughs> no, no, we're good. Well, I guess I'm interested to see that as well. All right. Uh, tight end. I have Anthony Ferkser against Arizona. We don't know what Arizona's linebackers are going to be right now. Yes, they still have, I think it was it, uh, Isaiah Simmons from last year that's probably going to be one of the better cover linebackers, but he's a guy that, Uh, had kind of a subpar rookie season and really didn't find a way to fit in in that defense. I'm not sure that Arizona knows what they're doing quite yet. That game's going to be in Tennessee. And this is a guy that is taking over for Jonu Smith from last year, already was pretty high on their catches in the portion where Jonu Smith was hurt and missing games. So 
I think Ryan Tannehill is going to be throwing the ball around a lot against Arizona because, again, this one could be high scoring with that Tennessee defense being pretty bad. Give me a guy who's got potential in the red zone and has the potential where he's the third best receiver on that team uh, going forward. Anthony Ferkser for me. Uh, so maybe my guy might not be out the top 10, but I do think he's going to have a monster game. and I just really couldn't pass it up. So I'm going Mark Andrews. Yeah, he's a big name wide receiver or tight end, but he's going up against the Las Vegas Raiders and he's has literally no running back, right? Like the four string running back Rashad Bateman is on IR at the moment. I think he's the biggest talented, best target best weapon that they have on the offense. I think he's going to have a huge year or a and huge he just year got plus a big game. Yeah. And he just got paid. So yeah. Mark Andrews for me, maybe breaking the rules a little bit, but I couldn't pass him off. I'll give it to you. My defensive stream of the week. I'll take Denver against the New York giants. Nothing that Daniel Jones has done to this point in his career has told me that he's going to be a viable starter yet. That line is still leaky. We don't have a fully healthy Saquon Barkley or uh, Kenny Galladay to this point. Give me a defense that's going to be turnover prone, uh, possibly sack prone against a fairly good defense in Denver. I take Denver versus the New York Giants this weekend. I have the same one. And the reason I picked the same one, too, is because that's the defense that I'm starting this week. (laughs) Uh, Sneaky one to me is the (laughs) Miami Dolphins against the New England Patriots just because it's Mac Jones's first start. I actually do really like that potential matchup as well. Long shots of the week. Uh, we have two apiece guys going outside the top 20 who we think might finish inside the top 10. And one of them looks pretty good. I saved one of my long shots and it's Antonio Brown who already has, I think three or four catches in this game for some decent yardage from Tom Brady. He's looking for Antonio Brown early and often. That's my first one up. Who is your next one? Yeah. And I was going to say, it's the exact same thing for me. It is Antonio Brown. I think he's going to end up leading this team in targets at the end of the year. He's going to have a lot of receptions and he's going to make me as a fantasy owner, really think about how I'm going to have to use him uh, for this upcoming season. Yeah. Cause you have both Godwin and Brown. And I don't know if you can start both in the same game, although it looks early on, like those are going to be the two primary beneficiaries of Tom Brady. The other one that I had down was one we had suggested for start sit. It's Raheem Mostert. Every time Mostert seems to be healthy and in games and in good matchups, he's absolutely electric and puts up huge points. I think he put up two really good weeks to start last year before he got hurt. I think he got hurt on like a long touchdown run to be uh, quite honest against the Jets, if I remember right in week two last year. So he's got a premium matchup against the Detroit Lions. Give me Raheem Mostert as a guy that could crack the top 10 from outside the top 20. Okay. That's a really good one. I like that. For me, I am going to go Tyson Williams. Everything we talked about earlier, he owns that backfield right now. Absolutely owns that backfield. And who is Baltimore playing? Why can I not find that? The Las Vegas Raiders on Monday night. Yep, they play the Raiders. So, yeah, I'm going Tyson Williams. Pretty good one. I think he's going to move up a lot of predictions and fantasy rankings as we go along, but certainly a guy that's currently outside the top 20 that may have a lot of opportunities come Monday night. All right. So that takes us to our normal end of the course of the show. We're going to just cap it here. This is going to be part one. Uh, We're in the middle. Uh, We just started the second quarter of the first game of the NFL season. 
If you want, we are going to do our bold predictions for the season and our NFL picks in this next part, but stay with us. These are going to be simultaneously released at the same time, and we're going to give you all of our stuff, but this is part one. This will be what the format is for most of our normal weeks going forward. Any other thoughts before we just cap this this normal part off? Ah, oh, man. It's good to be back. Absolutely. All right. We'll see you in part two. <laughs>